0: You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And we kick off NFC North Championship Week with matchups Wednesday. As you do the matchups on Thursday, but I'm traveling to Detroit, By car, my wife's uh, got family living over there, so we'll be driving as a group, leaving tonight actually, and to enjoy a New Year's weekend over there. So I will be on the road, and I might try to get a credential to visit uh, the Lions' locker room on Friday for some extra insight. So anyway, it's matchups Wednesday today. I have no idea what I'm doing tomorrow. I got two kids and a wife, so I'll figure out something for tomorrow, and then and then the final preview on Friday, looking ahead to a big, big, big game the Packers and Lions, 7.30 p.m. on Sunday at Ford Field. But before we get rolling, I would love it if you subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or the Android app and to check out the rest of the On Network, which includes Lockdown NFL, Lockdown Fantasy, Lockdown NFL Draft, and Lockdown Lions to get you ready for Sunday and go over to PackerReport.com and check out my work over there. Packer Report members receive 10% discounts on tickets. Through uh, Ticket Monster, 10% discounts on gear through Fanatics, and they get the world's best preview. All right, on with the show. We're going to get right into the matchups right away with matchups on Packers offense first down, Lions offense on second down, special teams on third down, and a few odds and ends for fourth down. First down, it's Green Bay's offense against the Detroit defense, and the Packers offense, obviously, about as hot as any unit in the league. Over the last 10 games, the Packers ranked second in the NFL with 28.7 points per game, and they've scored about 35 during the last three games of this five-game winning streak. It's not going to be easy against the Lions, though. The Lions ranked 13th in points to the law with 21.8. Interesting. They're not really good at anything. They're they're pretty mediocre across the line. You look at their, their 15th in total yards, 17th against the run, 16th against the pass, 29th on third down 30th in the red zone. Yet their their points per game is pretty good and much better at four field. The Lions have allowed just 19 per game at four field including 17 or less in their last four. And that's going to a long way to you know the Lions lost their first home game of the season and they've won their last six. The defense has played a big role in that. The key here for Detroit will be the availability of cornerback Darius Slay. He is one of the best corners in this league. Vastly underrated. And I think he's underrated because the Lions don't make money in waves nationally, for one, and their defense is pretty mediocre for two. But Slay is really good. And if you want to know how good Slay is, just watch um, Monday night's game against the Cowboys where he wasn't out there. And they've got three guys playing corner who you have never heard of. Well, maybe you've heard of Nevin Lawson. He's played the slot against the Packers here. But Johnson Batamosi, no idea if I'm saying that right. So, if Johnson, if your family's listening, I apologize. They're not listening. And the other cornerback, uh, Asa Jackson, a small school kid who I kind of like coming out of college a few years ago. But, I mean, those guys have been special teams guys, and, if, and they've had to move into key roles on defense because of injuries. And, and, w- and without Slay, Slay's got two picks in a team high 13 passes defense. Without him, Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott had a passing pass ring of about 150. Three touchdown passes, five incompletions. He had a field day against that group. So if Slay plays, it changes everything because you figure Slay takes out Jordy Nelson. Maybe not takes him out, but it's gonna be Slay against Jordy Nelson, and that's gonna certainly minimize Nelson's productivity. And then, you know, the safety help, safety's gonna go help with the other corners against. Against Devonte Adams and Cobb, so it's gonna be that's gonna be key. The Lions' cornerbacks are terrible. Beyond Slay, safeties are darn good. Glover Quinn, Tavon Wilson, a very good starting tandem. Wilson's second on the team in tackles. Quinn is third. They both have two picks. Um, Quinn, both of his interceptions have come in the last two minutes of games. Uh, one of them iced the win against Philadelphia. And the others set up the winning points against Minnesota. And interestingly, you know, the Lions have 10 interceptions as a team. Five of them have come in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. These guys are clutch. And we'll, we'll get into the clutch stuff with when we get to the offense and talk about Matthew Stafford. But it's a, it's a clutch defense. And Slay, Quinn, and Wilson are, are the strength of that secondary. We're going to go from... The back end to the front this time. Um, so that means the linebackers are next. A very good group. to hear. Whitehead, DeAndre Levy, Josh Bynes. Whitehead, having by far his best year, he's taken over as the every down guy. 125 tackles. He ranks 5th in the NFL with 93 solo tackles. And he's a very good cover guy. DeAndre Levy, former Wisconsin standout, Milwaukee native. He had two unbelievable seasons. In 2013, he almost led the NFL in interceptions, which had been the, he'd been the first linebacker to lead the NFL in interceptions in like 50 years. He had six that year. In 2014, he had 151 tackles, but injuries have just ruined his career. He's back in the lineup now, but he plays, he's played in a total of five games the past two years. So he's back in the lineup. The front four is pretty good. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the old days of, uh, of Sue and, and, uh, and uh, Nick Fairley. You know, those guys, this isn't that kind of group. But the answer Devin Taylor and Ezekiel Ansa, a couple long guys. Ansa's weird. And we got Jim Caldwell on the conference call later today, and I'll, I'll try to get, figure out what the heck's going on there. Last year, Ziggy Ansa had 14.5 sacks. This year, he's got two. So that's very, very strange. Devin Taylor's got four and a half sacks. I think most half of that production came in one game. Uh, the tackles are, are Tyron Walker and former Ravens stud, Lodi Nada. Nada is a, is a run-first player for sure. The depth is impressive. Ashawn Robinson, who, as you recall back to last year's draft, was a name-banded about for Green Bay in the first round. The Lions took him early in the second he dominated the Cowboys, and it's hard to say that any player can dominate that Cowboys front wall. But Robinson dominated, and then there's Carey Hitter, who, who was on the practice squad last year. He hes considered a first-year player, but he didn't play last year. He's got a team-high eight sacks this year, and that's he's one of the backup defensive ends. So, you know, the starting four is pretty good, and they've got some real quality depth with with Robinson and hitter. So you look at this, and it's Green Bay's got to win through the air. The Lions' run defense is fine, averaging you know, a little over four yards per carry. But that pass defense is just terrible. They are last in the league in passer rating and last in completion percentage. I mean, quarterbacks are completing 72.9% of their passes against the Detroit defense. Packers have to attack there, and I'm sure they will. You know, Aaron Rodgers is as hot as any quarterback there is in the league. He looked these guys up the first time around. You know, the, the thing is, though, is the Lions at home are, are a whole different animal. You know, part of the pun. As I, as I mentioned, with that 19 points per game scoring. It's going to be a loud environment there, and the Lions always play the Packers well at Ford Field, and Rodgers has had success there, but maybe not as much success as he's had in other places. So it's going to be... Can Rodgers successfully beat a very vulnerable pass defense, or, or the Lions come out with that crowd, with what's on the line? Did they come out inspired to get off to a fast start and ride that fast start to a big game? And this segment of Locked on Packers is brought to you by my website, PackerReport.com, home of the world's best preview. And if your company would like to speak directly to Packers fans, the most loyal people on earth, you should consider sponsoring this podcast. Podcast listeners have been proven to check out your business and to buy from your business. For more information, including demographics, please contact me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com. That is packwriter2002 at yahoo.com for more information.
0: The list
1: takes us a second down and i would be the look at, at the Lions offense against the Packers defense the Lions 21st in scoring with 21 and a half points per game again they don't do anything well I mean you just look at the numbers and you look well, gosh what do they do well you know they're, they're 23rd in offense 30th in rushing with a god-awful rushing attack and for the production that Matthew Stafford puts up I mean they're just 14th in, in passing um, third down, they are good. They're ninth on third down, which is surprising considering the run game. Nineteenth in the red zone again, nothing, nothing great. You know, you know, even turnovers—they're—they're they're even in turnovers. This is just not a good offense. And it does start with Stafford. I mean, this is kind of like the Packers in a way, where Green Bay's leading rusher is Ty Montgomery. Doesn't have many yards. It's—it's it's an unreliable running game. Well, it's no different here. This is, this is, offense is totally dependent. And what Matthew Stafford can do through the air, well, fortunately for the Lions, just like fortunately for the Packers, the the quarterback is highly capable of getting the job done. For the season, Stafford, 65.5% completions, almost 4,000 yards. And once he gets to 4,000, that'll be six consecutive seasons of 4,000 yards. That's only been accomplished uh, two other times in NFL history. So he's got 22 touchdowns, nine picks, a passer rating of 93.5. You go back to that early season game at Lambeau, week three, Stafford threw for 385 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Kind of a different guy now, though. Remember a couple weeks ago, he suffered a dislocated middle finger and ligament damage in his passing hand. Um, He was fine against the Cowboys last week, but not great. Um, We'll see what, what happens if he's a week healthier in this. We asked cornerback Micah Hyde about Stafford earlier in the week on, on Monday. And I said, This dude can make all the throws. He's playing just as good as anybody. He can make every throw there is. He's obviously their leader. There's not a throw he can't make. You saw the first game here. We got up on them big, and he started making every throw, whether it was sideline, cover two, or a go route. He was breaking us down in the second half. That's the, kind of ki- that's the kind of guy he is. We know that. And. It- Obviously, we talked about this the first podcast way back in September. No Calvin Johnson, who was on Dancing with the Stars this year. They've more than made up for it. They've got five guys with 50 catches. A feat accomplished only five other times in NFL history. Golden Tate leading the charge, 85 catches for 1,000 yards. Go back to that Week 3 game. Uh, Detroit's Marvin Jones had 205 yards and a touchdown in that game. Hasn't done a whole lot since. 50 catches, 854 yards. So basically he's got, you take that first game out there too, he's got about 600 yards the last 14 weeks. He is a big play threat, 17.1 yards per catch. He's got four touchdowns. So if Jones is a big play threat, Anquan Bolden is the underneath guy, the dirty work guy, 63 catches, but just 527 yards. Does lead the team with seven touchdowns. The other 50 catch guys, tight end Eric Ebron, a terrific receiver and maybe the worst blocker on earth. And I'm not talking fundamental wise, I'm talking effort wise. I and mean, I have seen plays this year, including one play against Green Bay, where he was beaten initially and he flat out gave up on a play. And Rodgers ends up, you know, beating Ebron's guy because Ebron just quit. And he's, uh, that was the knock on him coming out of North Carolina. I know a lot of Packer fans wanted him. And today, a lot of Packer fans would still want. Him. I mean, obviously, Richard Rodgers was who the Packers took a couple rounds later, but Ebern, a gifted guy, just, uh, he's not all in on every phase. And the other 50 catch guy is running back Theo Riddick. Riddick is a leading rusher. 357 yards. That is the fewest, um, rushing yards for any team leader in the league. If you watch Monday's game, um, Riddick was inactive. Zach Zenner came off the bench. I mean, Zenner is listed fourth on the Detroit depth chart. Well, he ends up starting, and in the first half alone, 10 carries, 64 yards. So, this is bizarro. In the second half, two carries. Now, the game gets out of hand in the second half, but it didn't get out of hand right away. If I recall, it was 21 21 at halftime. So, the Lions were in the game. Then Coach Jim Call just scrapped the running game inexplicably, and then it got out of hand. So I know he was questioned by that by the Detroit media this week. Uh, I think it was yesterday, on Tuesday. And he kind of dodged and said, well, well the game was getting out of hand. and you know, But, but it wasn't. So I, I think probably in his heart of hearts, he probably regrets that because Zenner was running hard. Zenner is a – I remember before that draft a couple years ago, he was seen by some as a running back, by some as a fullback – it's kind of that tweener kind of size, and he runs like it, too. A good game there. Uh, pro football folks, I believe, had 45 of his 64 yards coming after contact. So a good game there. He's got 265 yards and a team-high three rushing touchdowns. But the, you know the Lions' running game just is not very good at about 3.75 yards per carry. The offensive line, not great yet. It's a young group, and they put a lot of resources into this. And again, this is something else that we talked about before that first matchup. The left tackle Taylor Decker, this year's first round pick. The left guard Graham Glasgow, a third round rookie. The center is Travis Swanson, a third round pick in 2014. The right guard Larry Warford, a third round pick in 2013. And the right tackle Riley Reef, who started left tackle the previous four years, he moved over to right tackle with the pick of Graham. A first round pick in 2012. So that is two first rounders and three third rounders up front. So it's a, you know, look, and, and that's what their left guard, Lakin Tomlinson, a first round pick last year on IR. So it's a, they put a lot of resources into it and, and it's got to show up. You know, um, they protected Stafford pretty well, but I mean, that, that run game is inexcusable when you got that kind of you know, on talent or that kind of on paper talent. Up front, and you know maybe maybe it's a group that grows into being a standout unit, but at this point, it's not good enough right now. And I No. Glasgow started at center the last couple games with Swanson um, inactive, if Swanson is healthy, it would be Glasgow moves back to guard. So that's kind of kind of where Detroit is with their O line, and that group really struggled. You know, the Cowboys dial up pressure. Um, relatively frequently, and, and they got after Stafford. Um, according to Pro Football Focus, Glasgow gave up two sacks. Uh, Warford and Reef, one sack in four hurries. So they they, they struggled picking up some of the stunts, stunts and stuff up front. And I'm sure if you're Don Capers and you've cut your teeth by rushing the quarterback, I think that's probably caught your eye. That takes us to third down and the Detroit special teams, and they this is a great unit with some real talents. a punter. Sam Martin, his net average right now, not as gross, but his net average is 44.1 yards per punt. That's on pace to be the third best in NFL history. He ranks second in the league right now, but third best in NFL history. His net of 44.1 is better than Green Bay's Jacob Shum's gross average. Put that in perspective. Now, Again, a lot of this is dome-aided stuff they got a big-time punter, the kicker, Matt Prater. got another great kicker for inside of a dome strong leg. Six for six on field goals of 50 plus yards this year, including a 58 yarder. So they got a couple a couple big-time weapons there. Another weapon? Andre Roberts on punt returns. He's got two touchdowns. Uh, Marcus Sherrills of Minnesota, who Green Bay faced last week, is the only other return with two punt return touchdowns. Robert's handles kickoffs as well have not been nearly as good there, but between your punter, your kicker, and your punter-turner, that's three big-time weapons the Lions have, and in those guys in the field position that they provide, they've gone a long way toward being where Detroit, where Detroit is with a chance to make it the playoffs. With a look, it's a it's a pretty mediocre group otherwise. I mean, I just I brought off some of the numbers to you. You know, the offense isn't great. The defense isn't great. Special teams is. Now in Green Bay's corner, they face a lot of these great special teams. You know, the, the, the winning streak started against Philadelphia. It continued against Seattle. And even last week against Minnesota. I mean, those are three of the five or six best special teams in the league. And I would say Green Bay beat Phillies. I would say Green Bay beat Seattle. And I would say Green Bay beat Minnesota last week. So the pack of special teams, which are pretty dreadful for the first you know, two thirds of the year have really come on strong, and they're going to need one more big performance. A dome game, I, w- I think, would help. You know, Shum's numbers have been okay in those cold weather games. I think playing on playing in a dome will help. You know, the question is, can Green Bay adjust to that speed? I mean, they they've not faced the speed of late because because of the conditions. You know, Philly was a little bit cold. It was outdoors. The Philly field is kind of notorious for not being great. You know the, the Seattle game. It was the snow. It was cold last week against Minnesota. Can these guys adjust to the speed of Ford Field? But you know, I, I I think Green Bay's the way those, the way those guys have played. I think, I think I think it gives you optimism that the Packers once again will, will perform well enough to uh You know, it's kind of a loser's mentality. But to me, on special teams, just don't lose the game. I think to me that is the key. In December football and these big games against relatively evenly matched opponents, just don't lose the game. Don't let Andre Roberts return a punt seventy yards for a touchdown. You know what? You know, don't muff Sam Martin's punts. You know, Ron Zook, the special teams coordinator, was talking about that on Monday, where he's seen more fumbled punts against Martin because of his kicking style. They they go high and drop fast, and he he's seen more muffed punts against him than anyone. So feel the ball. You know what, if you call a fair catch or you don't get any yards, it's all right. Just don't turn the ball over. So these are the to me, when you're facing a big time special teams unit, to me that's the key. Just don't lose the game. Anything after that's gravy. Because you know what? As much as people like me and everyone else makes a big deal out of it, what's the difference in that punt between you know, Sam Martin is number one in the NFL and Jake Shum is in the middle of the pack? You know, the difference is like six yards per punt. Big deal, right? And you know some of that's um, conditions aided, but with with Shum kicking outdoors and all that, so it's probably maybe a four yard advantage for for, for the Lions. It's not a real big deal, you know. Even when Green Bay's, uh, you know, sort of their Green Bay's uh, kick return unit was ranked well on field position, but they're only like a couple yards ahead of you know teams in the, the lower two thirds of the league. So there's special teams is not a the field position is important, don't get me wrong, but it's, it's often not gigantic swings. So just don't lose the game. And we wrap up the show with fourth down. Some odds and ends first. If the Packers win, they'll be the first team to beat another team 100 times in NFL history. Green Bay's beaten the Lions, including playoffs, 99 times. Uh, number two here. Interesting look at the schedules. Both teams play the NFC East and the AFC South. The Lions went 2-2 against the NFC East. They beat Philly and Washington. They lost to the Giants to the Cowboys. Obviously, Green Bay beat Philly. They beat Washington. They beat the Giants. So Green Bay went 3-1 there compared to 2-2. Then both teams played the AFC South. Detroit beat Indy, but lost to Houston. Green Bay, obviously, the other way around. Then both teams lost to Tennessee and both teams beat Jacksonville, so both teams go two and two against the AFC South. So Green Bay is a a one game advantage and common opponents if you're talking their inter division matchups between the AFC South and FC East. If that matters to you, why are the Lions nine and six? Well, Matthew Stafford is the reason why he has been unbelievable. We talked about the clutch stuff earlier. Detroit's nine wins, eight have come on fourth quarter comebacks. And six of those have come with the winning scores coming in the final two minutes of regulation or in overtime. I mean That is clutch, and the Lions have been really good there. Stafford has been great, obviously, in clutch situations. As has that defense, as we talked about earlier, with all the um, late-in-the-game interceptions. So if you're Green Bay, obviously you feel like you better take charge in this game because you do not want Matthew Stafford against that Packers defense. With the game on the line for a final drive, that is for sure. Aaron Rodgers, 12-3 in his career against the Lions with a 108.0 pass rating, 30 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. And of note, the Packers' last 10 trips to Ford Field, 7 wins. That, of course, includes last year's Hail Mary game, the game-winning touchdown pass to Richard Rodgers. And that gives Rodgers a career record at Detroit of 5-2. Thirteen touchdowns, three picks, a one hundred five point six pass rating. Of course, one of those games was that concussion game, and where he got knocked out, and Matt Flynn came in. The Packers got hammered, like forty to ten. So they've got a pretty good history here, but this is a different Lions team as well. I mean, this is they, they faced a lot of bad Detroit teams over the years. This is not one of them. With a lot in the line, I, I would expect the Lions to keep this game close and bounce back from what happened on Monday night against the Lions. And finally, turnovers. As we talked about earlier, Detroit is plus zero on takeaways this year. The Packers, of course, have on a, on a roll. Over the last three weeks, a league high 12 takeaways, a league best zero giveaways, that is a plus 12. Pretty good math, eh? Math major here 12 minus zero is 12. So they're plus 12 on takeaways. According to the Elias Sports Bureau, it is the first time in Packers' history where they've recorded 12-plus takeaways and zero giveaways over a three-game span. Yeah, no surprise there. And Aaron Rodgers on a six-game streak without an interception. If he goes um, seven more attempts, he will break his own personal record for most consecutive passes without an interception. He had 212 in 2014. That is the second-best in franchise history to Bart Starr's 294. Rodgers comes into this game at 206 passes without an interception. And that's going to be key. I I, I have a hard time believing that Green Bay is going to lose this game if they don't lose it themselves. As long as they don't turn this thing over, I think Green Bay's got too much momentum and too much horsepower for the Lions to handle. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow.
0: The list.